ladies and gentlemen, get ready for a real weird episode of the Wrestle Review. I'm recording it at 12.46 a.m. in Canberra, Australia. Dylan, what time is it where you are? In Canada, it's 9.46 a.m. It's one begins as the other ends. Such is life. Dylan's pre-Jack. I'm post-Jack. Let's get ready to talk. (laughs) Just, <laughs> just moments before I <laughs> yeah, jack. Yeah, exactly. There's only one thing Dylan likes to do before he jacks, and that's talk about noted referee in Japan, Bill Alfonso. But ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. At the stroke of 10, I stroke my 10. Hashtag come. Hashtag now. <laughs> hashtag come <laughs> ladies and gentlemen if you feel like just sending brendan burns the tweet hashtag come that would really make me laugh because i i'm enjoying this feud uh also ladies and gentlemen uh we ask that you rate and review the show now we're not like other fucking podcasts that wants our reviews to say nice things or good things we're looking for the most wrestling centric uh off center review possible uh and put a new one up Every week, best review uh, will get read on the show next week, and you will be declared the Wrestle Review uh, Intercontinental Television Champion of the United States Brass Knuckle Welterweight Champion uh, for that week. So if you want that title, just go to uh, our profile on iTunes and put whatever rating you want. Only five-star ratings will count. If you want to talk about Mean Gene being a sadosexual killer, that's great. One that I kind of wanted to write was Jerry Lawler said I had to come here uh, so he'd give me the keys to my preschool back. That was something I wanted to write, but then I thought it'd be weird (laughs) for me to review my own (laughs) podcast in such a light. If you want to maybe make it centric to the guest you just heard, if you want to just write Bill Alfonso just yelling RVD, RVD, Buffalo, New York, and then hashtag come, that is your of your own recognizance, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. This week we are doing Bill Alfonso. It's the goddamn wrestler review. We, of course, review a stupid new fucking wrestlers each week. This is the second time we're recording it because... Technical difficulties. It's almost... It's the Yolo. third time we've attempted to record it. And it's given me enough time to really watch some Bill Alfonso shoot interviews. The amount of interviews he has where there's just a dog wandering around that he does not seem to own... It's phenomenal. I love I love Bill Alfonso and I love the fact that <laughs> he was in ECW for a minute. He was the esteemed referee where it's like, he, "Ooh, that's that's the guy who really plays it by the book. The guy with four teeth and they're all shaky and brown." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the guy asking this 15-year-old if she's do what she's doing later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the guy who's the, the, he's the he's the authority. Here. Where's the guy that always ha- refers to those folded piggly wiggly bags as his luggage? Where is he? <laughs> oh no! You got one of the rolling shits. Oh no! Bill Alfonso just leaned over the guardrail and asked a lady, "You bleed yet?" <laughs> <laughs> no, I was talking to you. I was talking to your daughter. Yeah, yeah. I'm the kind of guy that'll take cotton out of a pussy so I can put my rabbit in your hole. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See, this is the nice thing. He's the exact opposite, pretty much, of Buck Zumoff, wherein Bill Alfonso... Actually, I guarantee Bill... Bill Sierra. Yeah, Bill Sierra, he he is not a pedophile. I guarantee Bill Alfonso was walking over to, like... <laughs> no, he is not. Like, a 45-year-old girl. It's like, ah, 
guy, you seem like the kind of guy, guy who hasn't had a nice ham dinner. Do you want a nice, a nice ham dinner with me? Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, he definitely thinks weird food, weird <laughs> foods are classy. <laughs> oh, I'm the kind of guy who takes a girl for Polish food and then kisses her without that man. <laughs> <laughs> What are you having cabbage soup? What is this, your wedding? What kind of celebration is this? This is a dessert at your wedding. You can't have cabbage yeah, soup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to have fried clams, baby. It's Saturday night. You can eat seafood, all right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Champion of the world, number one in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Here's something that's definitely happened on a first date with Belle Alfonso. Is a girl drink... A girl... A girl takes a drink out of a beer, and he's like, I ashed in that. Sorry. Like, that's happened so many times. Yeah. She goes to the bathroom, and she just starts ashing in her beer. <laughs> that, <laughs> that way I can always say I've been inside you, babe. Yeah, 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 <laughs> The crazy thing about Bill Alfonso uh, is that his brother, Fidel Sierra, his brother's named Fidel, that's how... Latin Bill Alfonso is firstly. Well, it's his, it's Secondly, his, his brother. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. It's his stepbrother. Uh, was the Cuban assassin. Yeah. Uh, uh, which was, you know, inspired by the original Fidel Fidel Castro. Really? Yeah. It's a political joke, Dylan. I like that. It's funny that you'd call someone the Cuban assassin when the CIA notedly failed to assassinate uh, Fidel Castro more than any other of their targets in history. Great. Great documentary uh, was, I forget how many ways to kill Castro, but there's blah, blah, blah ways to kill Castro, and some of them are so funny. Some of them legitimately. Uh, they tried to assassinate Castro uh, by b- putting a bomb in his shoe. They put. They legitimately tried to put like explosives in one of his cigars so it'll blow up in his face like Looney Tunes. My favorite was they paid a woman to uh, try and seduce him and like poison his drink, and then <laughs> and then uh, she was like at the last second she was like I was supposed to kill you, but I can't. And then Castro went. Of course you can't. Nobody can. And then they fucking bang. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that sounds right to me. Apparently he's got a huge hog, too. Of course he does, mate. No no one's in the jungle for that long without having a huge dick for the other rebels to hide <laughs> underneath. <laughs> As my wife said, Fidel Castro and Che Guevara, the hottest revolutionaries. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if two women took over a country and they were like nines. Like nice. Yeah, yeah, like ooh. Very, yeah, we're here to kill all the infidels and then kiss the babes. Yeah, sure thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just so many, so many men who slide into women's DMs on Twitter, following them, <laughs> thinking like, yeah, what she's got to show us her ass sometime. You know, I'm I'm red in the book and red in the bed. <laughs> yeah, uh, my <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I had yeah. a I have a member of my family worked in Cuba for many years. And he just talked about how, because the Canadian government is very, very close to the Cuban government, we were the bridge between America and Cuba. Uh, and he talked about how just Fidel Castro would just show up at the office and just talk to them about communism while they're trying to do their jobs. And it was just really fucking annoying at a certain point where you're just like, man, can you get out of here? Like, I got to do work. And you're just like sat in my office being like, the words of Mao. <laughs> and you're like, Fuck off. That's the best thing about, not the best thing, but like that's the that's the funny thing about Cuba is it's such a small country 
I would believe if he was like, well, I've done all my chores of running the country. Time to go talk to the Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've smoked two cigars and uh, executed a small family for not reporting the soap that they were given by a tourist. Time to go speak to some people who are going to be drinking coffee even though it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bill Alfonso, the way he gets into wrestling is, of course, his, brother, his stepbrother is the Cuban assassin. He just follows the Cuban assassin around for a year. Yeah, Bill Alfonso was the CIA to uh, Fidel Sierra's Cuban assassin. And then he was following him around and was pretty much ensconced in failure. Essentially, what happened was is Bill Alfonso would just show up with his stepbrother and ask to do whatever. And that basically got him eventually various refereeing jobs and it's the big theme of bill alfonso moving forward in his career is he loves wrestling he's my favorite type of wrestler to talk about in that he just is absolutely in love with pro wrestling and will kind of do whatever and has had a really nice memorable career he is very much an essential character of ecw and kind of shows up like forrest gump in a variety of different scenes um throughout wrestling so in the early and by the way, Bill Alfonso is way older than you think he is. We're talking that this is in the late seventies, early eighties. He's touring around the southern United States with the Cuban assassin, just refereeing where he can, if not just sleeping in a hotel room, and I assume having onion and butter sandwiches. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> give me peanut butter and honey. Give me baby bacon ghee tag. Give me peanut butter. Give me. Hey, everybody, I just want to let you know that I just sold my toothbrush for a couple of fucking lighters. Yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then every wrestler was like, what a nice guy. They just think he's so normal. Yeah, he's so, just, well, yeah well, you know. <laughs> Blackjack Jack Lanza is lighting his pubes on fire to get rid of them, he says. Okay. <laughs> So this guy's normal. This guy is. Uh, hey, I ran over that dog fair and square. I get to. I get to keep the dead dog. Hey, I just want to know why my gram just keeps referring to his dad as the traitor and then looks at a gun and goes, "Me or my only friend?" Is that something to be concerned about? All right, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> also, he's like a soda boy because uh, they won't let him be a referee. Uh, Bill was around the business for six months. He met all like a lot of big promoters, such as Joe Blanchard, Paul Bosch, the Von Erichs, the Funks. Then he was trying to be a referee with all of them. They all said no. They all had full time referees. But this was the way you got jobs back in the day. Like you couldn't call Joe Blanchard. You couldn't call the Von Erichs because they would just like be like. Ehh. This is Fritz. Uh, God, Fritz von Eric on the telephone. Do you want to beat my sons or uh, do you want to be a referee? Oh, oh, yes. This is Fritz von Eric. Are you God? <laughs> doesn't know, doesn't, doesn't um, know what a telephone. Just keeps calling the Are you Carrie? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the voice in the sky? <laughs> Tell me who you are, voice in the sky. All right. If you're Jesus, who's your God? And if you say King Kong Bundy, you weren't at Texas Stadium. Um, by the way, this just goes to show how fucked wrestling was. Oh, I want to apply for a job at your company. Well, why aren't you in my office? Oh, I live in a, I live across the country from you. And? <laughs> Get my phone number. It's not listed. Just ask a guy. He'll know. It's exactly like becoming a drug dealer. You just have to know a guy who knows a guy, and then you show up, and if they need work done, you're the, you're in. <laughs> if they like the cut of your fucking jib. Uh, but the first referee, the piece of people to work Bill as a referee were the Funks, because of course they were there. Of course they were. 
Of fucking course they were. He refereed his first match at the age of 21, and he was the official on a chain match between uh, The Sheik and Terry Funk, <laughs> which is insane that that's your first match that you refereed. Oh, yeah. But- Here's your first match, a fight. Yeah. <laughs> your first match is two, these two guys are just going to stab each other, and you got to be like, hey, guys, no, no weapons. Oh, no weapons allowed. It's Keep using the weapons. It's basically um, if you were asked to swim a length in the pool and they were like, oh, first you have to build the community center for the pool. And while that's happening, a man from Texas is trying to not get bitten by a dead snake held by a man from Michigan. (laughs) That's really funny. That's but that's the whole thing. Like, uh. And from there, once you get like once you get one, uh, you. He's I guarantee that this like, is what happened, which was um, they that match happened, and the Sheik probably pulled an actual knife on Bill Alfonso. Bear in mind, the Sheik once Jim Cornette was leading the Sheik through, and this is not Jim Cornette when he was like with the Midnight Express. This is Jim Cornette like in the nineties was leading the Sheik somewhere and in a, in a convoy, and he took a wrong turn. And they pulled up to just be like, oh, we took a wrong turn. We're going to go around. And the, Sabu got out of his car and was like, oh, yeah, my uncle just wants to uh, have me tell you that if you make another wrong turn, he will cut you. All right. See you at the gig. It's like, oh, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. <laughs> yeah, Sabu is the normal one. Yeah. Sabu is the normal one. There's another story about Sabu getting shot at uh he gets sh- he obviously before he was uh in wrestling, he got shot. And he got shot in the like uh, leg at a party, and he went, "What the fuck?" And he chased the guy down. <laughs> and then some wrestling promoter was like, oh, "That's absolutely batshit insane," and you're hired as anything. <laughs> you ran on the same leg you got shot in. What the fuck? <laughs> hey, I'm not going to the hospital. I'll fucking punch you with this bullet, bro. That doesn't make any sense. No, it yeah. doesn't. Well, you need a gun to get fucking shot by a bullet? Not fucking me. I just fucking punch you with a fucking bullet, bro. Who <laughs> give you a fucking punch bullet? <laughs> the uh, Alfonso basically is living off his uh, stepbrother, and the brother, it seems pretty much like his stepbrother was fine with it, which is really nice, but he was paying all his bills. He got tired of it because he was only getting spot shows. He couldn't get in as a regular uh, referee. So, uh, but he actually met... Uh, sorry, just one sec. Um, so basically what happened is Dory Funk loved um, uh, Bill Alfonso and probably was just impressed that uh, Bill Alfonso could understand what Terry was saying and recommended him to Joe Blanchard. <laughs> Joe Blanchard then um, uh, had him go to Mid-Atlantic under George Scott, and this is when things really pick up. Based in mind, this is Mid-Atlantic under George Scott. This is the baseline booking that builds... Uh, into Jim Crockett Promotions. This is when George Scott was at the height of his booking power and was really creating stars. A couple you might remember, like Rick the fucking Nature Boy Flair. Woo! Um, Bill Alfonso continues to work for them, uh, is then um, put in contact with the Briscoe brothers, and now uh, he has worked for the Briscoes, the Funks, uh, Joe Blanchard, and George Scott. In the early 80s, this is a huge amount of talent to work for. Also, it's a huge amount of difficult talent to work for. All of them are considered dicks, and for a referee to be able to be tossed around with them is very important. You have to remember, this is before they have headset uh, radios or anything else. The referee is the person that's timing the match for television and timing the match in the ring on spot shows. 
So they'd essentially be looking for signals yeah. from the wrestlers as well as looking to signal the police if there's going to be a problem. There's a variety of things the referee have to do. It's a much more complicated job than the jobs of the referees now, which is essentially to be an unnamed white man in the ring who looks bewildered or confused or is Charles Robinson. That's about it. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think referees still do all that shit. Like, they're still... They just have a headpiece in so that Vince can yell weird shit at them. It's probably actually way more distracting where it's like, Dusty Rhodes tells you it has to be done in eight minutes. I'll give you a signal. Uh, I'll give you a signal from the crowd. Just look out uh, around eight minutes versus Vince McMahon being like, ah, get Stone Cold Steve Austin to wrestle again. Ref's ah. like, what? Get him to wrestle. Charles, Charles. You know that coffee you had? I've already done it before you drank it. <laughs> <laughs> tell Kofi Kingston. Tell Kofi a- Kingston that he's not a man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, yeah, he's working in Florida Championship Wrestling. Uh, he catches on basically, and Alfonso is very open about this: is that he just brown noses the whole time. Of course, he's the like- referee in the first Starcade. Between uh, Harley Race and Ric Flair, and uh, he was accidentally hit by a world title belt by Sergeant Slaughter when he was trying to hit Wahoo McDaniel, which cut his head open him, requiring 7280 stitches. Holy mother of fucking God. To let you know, the time I fucking cut my dick on a bunch of pussy, I only needed 200. <laughs> <laughs> Just to let you know, I only need 200 stitches on my yeah, day. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got. Because I punish it because it's too. It's a dirty thing. Yeah, my, my penis Ooh, is a dirty. naughty Don't bo- show it. Ooh, chavo. <laughs> but yeah, he works with like Lex Luger, Hercules Hernandez, Ron Simmons. He was the, of course, the referee in the January 1987 math match between Luger and Brody and there's a lot of said about this match and essentially the story I've heard was that Lex was moving territories and the promoter said Brody go teach him a lesson and Brody thought oh this guy works out more than me so I'll just like get him tired in the ring and then throw him around um, so give him a lot of offense, but just no sell it. And then Lex Luger saw him no selling it and was like, "Oh, this fucking carny bullshit!" And just ran away. <laughs> yeah, the Lex Luger was like, "I used to, I could have been a football player. I wish I had a better attitude. Hope this career doesn't end in me being almost." <laughs> with here. Yeah, exactly. But it do- But it did. It's fucking yeah. I think he it's did an it. Interesting thing, Bruiser, Bruiser Brody, because um, oh, he definitely did it. He definitely Bruiser Brody. Oh, Bruiser Brody. Um. Here's the thing with Bruzy Brody is he just knew how to protect his spot as a big tough boy in wrestling. But like it's just an odd thing of I guarantee he felt threatened by Lex Luger's body, as you said, and then just was like, well, time to go because I don't want any more concern. Yeah. Well, the times were definitely a change in. But I, I think that for Brody, like, I don't know, John Nord, the barbarian ended up like with a run in the WWF I think that he would have been fine. Oh, Bruiser Brody was it was basically he was in talks to go against Hulk Hogan. Everyone has said that that would probably have been the biggest money run ever and probably would have been in place of Ultimate Warrior at 6, 
would have been Bruiser Brody. Because they also said they said Bruiser was a big man, but also Bruiser could actually work with other other yeah. people. Like he could make Hogan look good. And it would be an interesting threat because it'd be like Bruiser's fucking crazy. And huge, yeah. They they didn't have the fucking crazy guy who could move that well. It was usually like, look how fucking fat this guy is. <laughs> You think this guy can lift this fat guy? It's basically like, watch Hulk Hogan move this couch. There's also, it's one of those things where there's nowhere, like, they never had Terry Gordy, Terry Gordy in uh, in the ring with Hulk Hogan, and that would have been a really interesting combination, but they just never got around to doing it that way and presenting it and those type of opponents. And I got news for you, Bill Alfonso would have been a fucking great referee for that. Because, you know, when Terry Gordy just was like, ah, Fonzie, I, I thought I took uppers, but it turns out it was nothing but a strength realizer and I just shit myself. Fonzie would have been like, don't worry, buddy, here's what you're going to do. Put the shit in my pants and we'll tell Hogan with me and you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> this is the best part of this whole thing. So at some point during the late 80s, Roddy Piper visited Florida for the now, first time and wants to see an alligator. I know what you're all thinking. You're thinking, how Florida will this story be? This floor, this story is both so Florida and so Roddy Piper. Dylan, keep on talking, baby. Alfonso takes him down Alligator Alley. Piper said that he wished he had a gun. <laughs> Someone in the car had an old handgun that didn't shoot straight. They handed it to Piper, who managed to shoot one of the alligators... <laughs> And then the cops came by, and then they had to uh, basically pretend there wasn't an alligator struggling to breathe because Piper shot it because that is a crazy crime to just kill a fucking alligator for no reason. And essentially, (laughs) I'm sure what happened was the cops come up. And they're like, you shot an alligator. And then Piper goes, okay, you gotta tell me, which one I used the Okay. Jew? And then they laughed. And then then they got off. And then Piper was like, you got to tell me. And Fonzie was like, no, he's funny. Just, just keep driving, see, please. Here's what I was doing. I was told that alligators were Jews at night. And I was trying to take one down. To sacrifice it to my son Colton. <laughs> okay, I'm a little bit of a screw loose. If you guys did, you know that if you take amphetamines every day for a month, you will actually come cold. <laughs> <laughs> my wife keeps asking me if I'm cheating on her. I said, "Oh, honey, if only it was that simple." I'm living in another dimension. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna go steal that alligator's feet because I want a feet like that. Here's something you don't know. The honky-tonk man is actually a skin suit I wear so I can get my more mainstream opinions out there. A honky-tonk man. (laughs) Oh, baby. That's insane. That's the most Florida thing. The guy shoot. (laughs) You want to shoot an alligator? Yeah. Yeah, I don't see why not. We have cabbage soup, is it? I I also like that they they just had a handgun. Does anyone have a gun? Yeah, this one doesn't work very well. Why do you have it? Oh, it's a car. You gotta have a gun in a car, man. <laughs> Protect the gun from the cars. Yeah. What are you fucking idiot? Yeah, what are you fucking stupid? What if you're just driving around and see fucking something you want to shoot? What are you gonna do? Stab it? You fucking idiot? <laughs> you're stupid. <laughs> um, check this out. He starts working in Japan 
and he refs a match between El Gigante and Curtis Hughes, which is important for later because, baby, he is brought in to the WCW and uh, becomes besties with El Gigante, and he's brought into WCW. Imagine what El Gigante thinks America is. He gets brought over to be a basketball star, and they're like, That's so funny. No, you know, you're now going to fake fight, and your best friend is going to be a toothless man whose first story will offend you on a level you'll never be able to describe. (laughs) That's what I say, I say, I say, I didn't know she was that young. I thought she was older, and then she turns out she was younger than I thought that way. (laughs) Treats, treats. Anyway, you want to get breakfast? <laughs> he just says that story while El Gigante is sleeping. Like, <laughs> it's good talking to you because you sleep there and I just I talk whoever I want. I say whatever I uh, want. You know what? I got here's what I'm going to do, El Gigante. While you're sleeping, I'm just going to get paid. Get people can give me 20 bucks and they can just watch you sleep. They won't touch stuff. Anything, <laughs> anything missing from your hotel room, I'll take it out of the kitty, baby. I already got five people to greet. You know what I mean? I, you know, okay, well, you got to sleep naked because I want to show your dick. <laughs> I won't touch it though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, Don't worry. The starters are really weird. The starters are really weird. They're really messed up, guys. Do you think this my daughter will like this doll I made it of old cigarettes? Yeah, hey, uh, here's the thing you don't know about Rick Steiner. Uh, if you if he keeps fucking trying to threaten to beat him up, uh, just wait until he takes a bunch of sleeping pills and then you Yeah, 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 yeah. Ash in his mouth. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're like a girl now. <laughs> um <coughs> Yeah, he said it was 1900 a night for uh, WCW, and basically he's his handler, and that, El Gigante's handler, pardon me, and that gets him an extra $400 a night, and this, of course, leads to him going to WWF, because when Vince wants, I understand there's a tall man there. Uh, Bill Alfonso is basically acting as his manager and negotiates the deal. Uh, Vince buys El Gigante out of his WCW deal, saying he was owed about 40 G's, so he just gave WCW uh, 40 G. Or four, sorry, El Gigante was owed $40,000, so Vince cut him a check for $45,000 and said they were never to talk to WCW again. So he goes over to WWF and... You know, classic fun stuff. El Gigante wants a cheeseburger at 2 a.m. Bill Alfonso go gets the cheeseburger. And then I'm assuming uh, he was just up staring at the door. Being like, you can never be too sure. <laughs> never want to fucking kill me. I go kill him. Number one fucking thing about fucking me is your fucking manager. Is that I always get you five grand more and I use that five grand in my coleslaw. Yeah. <laughs> I don't eat coleslaw since 1986. Goddamn. Look at look, 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 look. foods that are soft, but also crunchy, baby. But due to the steroid trial and uh, huge, like you know, huge cutbacks, basically, and also El Gigante, of course, not work panning out. Bill Alfonso uh, has to be cut by the WWF. He gets a 10G severance check, and at 40, he moved in with his mom, preparing him. If you moved in with your, if you were a pro wrestler and you moved in with your mom in the mid '90s, what happened, John? Uh, steroid trial, your uh, doctor D, or it's time to die. No, you got a job with ECW, yeah. 
Which yeah. he does as the upstanding referee at ECW, <laughs> um, which we'll talk about more after this fucking shit break. Fuck. Yeah, suck my fucking dick and then knock your teeth out and say, I'm Bill Alfonso now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, Dylan Gott uses the N-word. We need money for lawyers. Donate to Patreon. Minimum donation, $5. Maximum donation, suck job. All right, so it's Bill Alfonso and ECW. He starts off. Now, ECW, this is how good ECW sort of 93, 95 was. Nah, 93, 96. Is that's the ECW everyone talks about was so amazed by. That's Cactus Jack ECW. That's the Raven feud beginnings of ECW. That's Todd Gordon ECW. This is like Taz transition from Tasmaniac ECW. This is Chris Benoit as being both Chris the Pegasus Benoit and Chris the Crippler Benoit when he actually broke Sabu's neck because in ECW it was like, oh, he got CTE and you at home want to get CTE, so here's how. Like this is, <laughs> I catch CTE by looking at ECW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, do you want to shake and not know your kids' names? We'll just talk to the Sandman. That's so funny. It's so funny that some of the deals would be like Scott Hall. All you have to do is come into the Fujis and get choke slammed. Here's fifty grand. No, I can't pay you the forty dollars for the match, Hack Myers. Now go get stabbed by Axel Rotten, who I also won't pay the forty dollars to. In ECW, believe in me, die for me. It's crazy the amount of money the um, that some of them were being paid though. Like Shane Douglas is like, oh, I don't have a lot of money, but then in the bankruptcy filings, it like showed all their fees, and his he was on six. Like some of them were on six figure. Yeah, man, but like this is the same thing that happens with people who do comedy is they don't fucking take taxes off of <laughs> you losing to Terry Funk. They should, man. So they owe. They take two hundred. It's two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in theory, but then you're in another tax bracket with a no security and b like you owe fifty thousand dollars of that back. And I don't like Shane Douglas. May have Shane Douglas strikes me as a man who's never done his taxes for that year. Oh, I but Shane Douglas also strikes me as the kind of guy that also for some reason will recommend you a good accountant. Like he'd be the weird. Like you'd be like. I'm going to jail for tax fraud if I had gotten a good accountant, which I, for some reason, didn't. That said, he's really good. Like, yeah, Shane Douglas is he's the worst <laughs> kind of fuck up in that he clearly could just resolve the situation himself, but he's like, eh, I got fucking Halcyon to take. Um, Bill Alfonso was a di- <laughs> I don't know if I can make it, man. I've, I've got all these pills to take and that window to stay Yeah, I got to go make sure that everyone knows Sabu's a drug addict so they don't be questioning me and my motives. <laughs> oh, my God, my God, my God, my God. Bill Alfonso gets hired, and this is what I think this is. Like you said, I think this is the best part of ECW because Todd Gordon's doing the money. That means Paul Heyman can just write the show, and he writes a great goddamn show. Every person on the show, I shouldn't say every person on the show, half the people on the show have very interesting storylines, such as Bill Alfonso's, which he comes in as the troubleshooting referee. Everyone on the show has an interesting storyline. All right, the Hack Myers storyline, where it's like, here's a guy in pajama pants, he's gonna get stabbed. (laughs) There's no... The Extreme Shaw, Hack Myers? No, but basically what it was is this guy can't wrestle, but people want to see him for some reason smoke and drink beer and walk to the ring. So we'll give him a long song that people want to see. Also, I don't know if people 
Well, that's the Sandman. I'm talking about Hack Myers, the guy who just showed up exactly dressed exactly. Like, the thing is, when you see a WWE documentary and you go, oh, that was so interesting. Oh, yeah. Like, everyone else was in tights in the WWE and Sandman was in a t-shirt and pajama pants. They were all in a t-shirt and pajama pants. <laughs> Like there's all of them. Wait, Hackmeyer, Hackmeyer, and are two different people. I'm very confused. Yeah, Hackmeyer's is like, Hackmeyer's looks like uh, Balls Mahoney. He's just like a man who look up Hackmeyer's right now. The Extreme Shaw. He would, he only punched people. He had he didn't do any moves. And then when he would punch people, people would go Shaw, Shaw, Shaw. Like clearly they made the. They just made his boring matches fun for themselves by adding their own catchphrases. That's it. Any port in a storm, that's what I always say, especially when I'm in a storm, if you know what I mean. But Bill Alfonso comes in as the troubleshooting referee. Basically, ECW is lawless. And this is the only this is something you can only do in a place like ECW where the entire promotion has a premise, which is there are no rules, is Bill Alfonso applies the rules which makes him a huge heel they did this with a bunch of other characters such as like cactus jack later steve carino they would always have one heel who was like no headlocks and everyone would no man get that girl to show her tits and then you fucking hit her with a yeah, chair uh, that's ECW. Yeah, no. but it's always very funny they're like no headlocks unless it's done by eddie guerrero like they did have rest holds the problem is that some of the rest holds in some of the matches were stab the guy <laughs> and then we'll do a rest hold which is of course a pile driver onto nails that go into your yeah we'll brain. do a rest hold and that's you just crying until you're dead and then uh todd gordon will come out and have sex with your sister never forget by the way todd gordon used to have three ways with two cold scorpio wait a minute okay so he had three ways with one guy john that's one girl out. and two cold scorpio and apparently uh uh, Todd liked to uh, whip girls, and one time he smacked a girl so ass so hard while she was blowing um, uh, two cold Scorpio. She took two colds dick out of her mouth and started screaming, "Todd is God! I hate everyone!" <laughs> really? She, yes, she did that. Is the, that is the rumor that uh, new even New Jack goes. I remember hearing something like that. <laughs> Well, I assume New Jack will confirm any rumor you ever want. I, he him doesn't to, though. There's a lot of rumors where money. he's like, "No, that's not how that happened." Like New Jack's weird that way, where he's like, "No, it was like this," and you're like, "Oh, what a what a weird place to find integrity." He's a bizarre man, that New Jack, just still showing up to WrestleCons in just like full full suits, yeah, just full white suits. Don't talk to my girlfriend. Why is she crying? Because of you. Fuck a doctor. <laughs> you haven't earned that. It's very funny. Uh, so guess what, John? Baby, he goes into a feud with oh, Todd Oh, it's great, Gordon. because Todd Gordon keeps saying, you're fucking up my goddamn company. Uh, this is spurned on in the Cactus yeah. Jack feud as one time when Bill Alfonso came out and counted out Cactus Jack and then screamed it was his constitutional right, and then I think they danced to the back. Like, it's so fucking crazy. God, I wish I, I want to see, I wish I'd see one of these shows live. Yeah, man. I love the, I love, love, love referee storylines. Like, I love referee storylines so much. I They haven't done one in... Not true. They tried to do the Nick Patrick thing with the uh, McMahon-Helmsley-era Coalition Alliance stupid thing that they were doing on Raw. Like, they're like, Michael, it's Mike Hapakley. He's in the pocket of Triple H. And it's like, no, we've oh, done okay. this before. Shut the fuck up. But they never, like, get... Did they get the referee to talk in that one? 
because I loved like Danny Davis is great. But the thing about Danny Davis was they didn't do what they do with Bill Alfonso here, which is Bill Alfonso is the crooked ref and then he fights Todd Gordon and then he becomes a manager. But Danny Davis was like crooked ref wrestles some people back to being a ref later. And it's like, no, man, you got to like have that character move on. Like, once they're not, once they have any promo time, they're no longer just a referee. Because then, if you have two, like, whoever, people who aren't over in the match, then the fans will start fucking focusing on the fucking referee who's already had a storyline, you know? Yeah, it's a very good point. I always think the best referee storyline was Earl Hebner Triple H. I thought that that was done exceptionally Oh, no, I think the best referee storyline ever was the fucking uh, Twins. Was the Hebner oh, twins? Oh, the Hebner. Oh, yeah. With uh, Hogan and Andre, like that's the best one. I mean, the ECW ones are fine, but like you can only really tell one story, which is like this guy wants to enforce the rules. Yeah. This guy thinks that gay marriage is fine in ECW. We know it's not. <laughs> it's a lot like. 1999 was insane. I would love to sit down with, like, an 18-year-old wrestling fan and just show them an entire... Like, just show them what went on week in, week out in ECW. <laughs> yeah. Are they are they screaming at that woman to take off her shirt, and if he doesn't, they're chanting, stab her? <laughs> yeah. No, she's bad because she won't show them. <laughs> That's why she's bad, because she won't show us her hoots. Um. <laughs> My question is this, why is an angle at these supposed, why is that man Jack Victory both a wrestler and taking a wheelchair to the ring? Oh, his knees only have 10 minutes of every day. And he needs that <laughs> He needs that 80 bucks because, and I'm quoting here, menthol cigarettes won't buy their fucking selves. <laughs> it's so funny if you like learning more about wrestling that Jack Victory ended up in ECW where he's like, ah, fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have a I have Bart Simpson's haircut and a rat tail. What the fuck else am I doing with my life? Yeah, the 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 totally unsung member of the Midnight Express, Jack Victory, who was in it for exactly one pay per view, because Dennis Condry, for some reason, was like, "No, I don't like I don't like wrestling no more. I'm gonna go home and eventually get cancer." Yeah, baby, listen to our Midnight Express episode. Dennis Condry just went to see about a girl, and then he was like, "Wait a minute, that wasn't as fun as play fight yeah. holds. Put me in a wrist lock, make me a man again." Dennis Dennis Condry basically was just like, you know how Terry Funk left the WWE by saying, I got to go see about a horse? Me too. Horse woman. <laughs> She's half horse, <laughs> half woman. I'm on so many fucking pills yeah, yeah, right yeah. now. It's fucking I'm so awesome. fucking high. People think I want to fuck. They want to fuck me. <laughs> I don't know what fucking is. Alfonso, of course, was stripped of his referee duties by Todd Gordon and then takes a role as Taz's manager. This is another good thing. Yeah, okay. I'm not a referee anymore. Fuck you. I'll get the toughest guy I possibly can, be his manager. And the other thing about Taz is, like, obviously he loses this with uh, Sabu, but Taz's uh, whole gimmick was, my hands are the weapons, I don't use the weapons. Do you know what I mean? So, like, of course, it makes perfect sense to have Fonzie uh, manage Taz, and Fonzie looks like an old school, like, uh, boxing corner man. Makes no fucking sense. Old guy, made of cigarettes. His teeth are all just cigarette butts. And Taz comes down to the ring, and it's a real... This is another thing that I think managers can also do, which is, like, just yell shit. Like, if the guy's already a solid promo, you don't really need him to have a guy who's, like, an equally good promo. But yeah, he's, uh... 
he was wrestling Flavor Flav, and that's uh, that. That's why it was a new take on being a manager because usually the manager was kind of like the high status dude, like think JJ Dillon or even Jim Cornette, where it's like, oh, I wrangled these tough guys to beat everyone up, whereas Fonzie was like, I'm fucking nuts, and Taz was the smart yeah, one. Yeah, like Taz is the orchestrator, and this guy is just like, I'm not. What Taz doing? But I'm not here to eat some fucking cheddar cheese. No knife. No fucking <laughs> bread. <laughs> and he, yeah, he's, he was aided by a lot of uh, shit. And also, this is, of course, when he has Team Taz as well. So it's not like even Fonzie is his only manager, which also takes a lot of the fucking uh, heat off of him having to be the manager and in the first place. Fuck me, do I love some Team Taz. Oh, it's so I love, I love, I fucking love. Yes. Big fight atmosphere. Gimmicks. 25 confused jack- yeah, jacked guys. Chris Chetty and a bunch of other dudes wearing ill-fitting orange polos. Time to walk to the ring. Well, it's another great thing that they did where they made use of Taz's stature, which is Taz is super wide, but of course he's also short. So what you do is... What they do in action movies all the time, what they do in an action movie is they'll have a short guy come out from the crowd and he's just much shorter than everyone else. He ba- Like a bunch of tall, huge dudes give way to see one short guy. So then you're you're not thinking like, oh, that guy's short. You're thinking like, oh, that guy must be super tough. It's, su- it's just very easy things. And everyone on Team Taz was taller than Taz. They were all jacked as shit. It was just like a bunch of like bouncers I got, they got. I got pals right. of shit taller than Taz, bro. I honestly have taken shits that are bigger yeah, than yeah. Taz. But that's because I take huge yeah, yeah, shits. Yeah. I got loads that are bigger than Taz. Oh, we both do. But mine are even bigger than yours. Mine are bigger than the Big Show. The Big Show every was one time of my I, loads. Every time I I shoot a load, they're like, is that another person? And I was like, not anymore. <laughs> Load me up with cum. Here's something fun. Bill Alfonso was riding with Sandman and, and others. <laughs> this is just an ECW... And uh, who overdosed on the opiate uh, Nubane. They pulled the car over. Bill hit everyone's drugs in his body. Wink, wink. And then drove to the hospital. They told the hospital they found a dead body on the road and then ran off to make it uh, to the event. Tommy Dreamer was due to wrestle Sandman. And Rhino told him that Sandman had died. Unbeknownst to them, Sandman had been revived using an adrenaline shot. He immediately came to the arena for the match shortly after being actually dead. The sand. I just want to point out, Sandman still very much alive. <laughs> not net. That's how bad steroids and uh, that's, that's how bad the steroids. The fucking funniest there. thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, that's how bad are steroids. Well, test is dead. Sandman is literally doing a k- a kayfabe commentary. Is called. Um, um, I didn't know that this was a hotel room. I thought this was my house. <laughs> um. Also, my friend Tim went to see ECW Live. I've told this story in the podcast before, but it's been a while, so I'll tell it again. In, it was in Buffalo, and you could there was kind of like a, like a see-through wall. You could see everyone working out in the gym. So you see like Rhino and RVD working out in the gym. And there was a hot tub, and you just saw Sandman get in the hot tub with all his clothes on. He had six beers, and then he got out of the hot tub. That's it. All his clothes on. Like, he got out of hot tub in jeans and then just got out of it in jeans still. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Fucking idiot. 
That guy so on his taxes could write down athlete and then write off those jeans. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, w- w- this is the major only real actually like plot point in Bill Alfonso's wrestling career, which is his turn on Taz to go with Sabu. Now what happens is Bill Alfonso turns on Taz during the first ECW pay-per-view where Taz chokes out Sabu and the reason is that he had money on Sabu he bet on Sabu and then Taz wins the problem I I have with this is that he doesn't try and help Sabu ever he just roots for Sabu well that's to play it's an interesting thing it was they were in a difficult place because they're trying to preserve the aesthetic of Sabu, but also present and protect yeah. the aesthetic of Taz. And they kind of found a unhappy median to do that. And But it was a big enough deal that Fonzie left Team Taz that no one really remembers that Taz beat Sabu. And then they just went on to have a repeat of that match over and over again for a long time throughout uh, the rest of ECW. Yeah. But I mean, I, I mean, the call of making Bill Alfonso a gambling addict is one of the best ones in wrestling history. Like you look at that guy and you're like, yes, he's a gambling well, addict. Let's be <laughs> honest with what he actually was addicted to, which is just like like Kitty Aspirin and uh, Mr. Pib. <laughs> I'm trying to make my heart work better, baby. I drink that tea, Dr. Pepper's a day. <laughs> it's just one of those weird. Yeah, they couldn't make it so that. Oh, he had to. He betrayed. He betrayed Sabu because Tad. Tad. Taz kept asking him to put his cigarettes out when he, they were in the car. <laughs> you will let me smoke in the car. Can you imagine if that was the real reason he? T- <laughs> I smoke in the car. You won't let me smoke in the car. I will go windows up, smoke in the car, so you can't. We can't touch my smoke. Do you know that's why I turned I would on love you. So much that it was yet. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean you want to run the window down when you smoke? No, no, no. Keep up, keep up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Double smoke, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Bill Alfonso uh, then, of course, becomes manager for Sabu and Rob Van Dam, and I think that Rob Van Dam was never a better wrestler than when he was with Bill Alfonso as the manager, because Alfonso would just scream shit, and then RVD would say slow. RVD had a slow promo, and Sabu didn't talk, so Fonzie really did serve a purpose of, like, this crazy guy's gonna fucking yell bullshit. And then a guy's going to talk slowly, so it like all evens out to having normal amount of energy. And uh, Bill Alfonso was great with Rob Van Dam because he would set up the chairs and throw the chairs to RVD and set up the tables uh, for RVD. And when RVD was a heel, it was he was always helping Van Dam win matches. So obviously that adds to the heel thing because yes, RVD's doing like all these cool fucking moves and shit, but he still needs the help of a manager. Oh yeah, it was, and it was he was essentially his roadie. It was fantastic. That is exactly it. He was his roadie, and once again, I love the style of a manager where the manager isn't like a smooth talking dude. It's just like he talks like a fucking corner man in a fight. Like if you watch any watch any boxing trainer. Or watch any like UFC uh, trainer in the corner. Sometimes they make sense. Sometimes they don't. No, sometimes they're just trying to fucking hype you up, distract you, send like yellow coded yeah. instructions. Sometimes they want to throw a stool in the ring and uh, fight Conor. Yeah, which I would love that. 
I'll, I would fight Conor McGregor right now, and I beat him I up. I have probably. beaten him up in my fucking dreams, and then we kiss, but not in a sexual a sexual way. My favorite in a way that denotes respect. My favorite thing about Conor McGregor is uh, that what'll happen is uh, every couple days you'll find an article on TMZ where it's like, "Ooh, Conor McGregor gives an interview with more information about his latest loss to Habib Nurmagomedov," or like maybe maybe it's a hint to what Conor McGregor is gonna do. It's like, no man. This is an Irish guy on yeah. blow. <laughs> it's just because everyone has phones now, so McGregor just like, gets fucking coked up and just starts talking to someone in a nightclub like, I'll tell you what the problem was with me last fight. It was that we both didn't have clothes on. Clothes on, I beat the shit out of him. We both know that. I'm the best clothes on fighter in the world. Also, can you mop up me blood? That's it. I got news for you. Um, uh, Conor McGregor... When he falls, it's going to be the most spectacular fall ever because it's... It's happening right now. Like, he's going to be... He's... he's It's like, dude, it's it's happening right now. It's like two years away. He's already been like a... You don't really get to fight for more than like five years usually. That's why Ali was so special. It's like usually f- five years in and out, you're, you're fucked because of your, the toll it takes but on your no, body. But no, right? but I'm talking about when he falls from grace, guess where he's going? Ooh, WWE, and that is going to be fun because that's going to last one month at the most. <laughs> Buddy, I fucking hope so. Uh, do you imagine Fonzie? Con- like- I, gotta t- I, I will tell you this. Conor McGregor would really be helped if he went to the WWE by someone like Bill Alfonso because it would be an interesting counterbalance. There he is in a suit where it says, it says fuck you in the pinstripes. And a guy that smells like a wet diaper is just blowing his nose and yelling, Ireland. <laughs> yeah, if I'm out of two now, Daddy, you better give me uh, Ireland. I'll go, Ireland. <laughs> Ireland, know the word. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm fucking champion. All right, but I, ah. Well, that's what, that's what Fonzie wouldn't really do promos. It would just be like, Robin, they'd be like, Scotty Anton, I'm going to beat you up. And Fonzie's promo, if you were to say it normally, at a normal speech, would be, RVD, yeah, daddy, RVD, RVD 420, Scotty Anton, RVD, RVD 420, Sabu, RVD, Mr. Monday Night, Mr. Pay-Per-View, RVD. Like, those are well, his the one promos. Thing you know, you're the one That's thing why he's the best. Because it's like someone talking eloquent, like maybe eloquently about a thing, and he's just yelling like, "You got wrestling kicks, wrestling kicks, push-ups." Ah. Um, no, but the thing with also Bill Alfonso would always talk about the amount of seats they had sold, like the amount of tick, like where the big house in Yeah, 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 I'm New York. Oh man, he's so good. And like the other thing about uh, having a manager who looks like shit, so it's like, whoa, like you have to have. People who look like shit, so it, the wrestlers' physiques look Ooh, impressive. Rob Van Dam, so physically imposing, especially compared to that man who looks like a windsock. <laughs> you taught that look. That looks like you taught a coat. Uh, uh, you brought a uh, coat rack to life and then made it do yeah. math. Who left that leather purse in a house? Oh my God, it's Bill Alfonso. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, of course, ECW uh, winds winds down. Bill Alfonso does not transfer to the WWE. Oh no, we got to talk about uh oh the t- oh his matches. We got to talk about Alfonso's uh, fight with uh, Beulah. Well, because- yeah, his fight with Todd Gordon is pretty spectacular, but his fight with Beulah McGillicuddy. Bear in mind, Todd Gordon eventually leaves because supposedly he's the rat for WCW. No, he wasn't. Paul Heyman just never told anyone about the fucking deal with fucking the Fed, and then it was it was discovered. Yeah, exactly, and he had to do something, 
And so he was like, oh, Todd Gordon's a rat. No, I think what the problem was is that Todd Gordon was selling people to WCW. Yes. and So I think it was the first person to like basically get that shit out there. And then Paul Heyman turned on Todd well, yeah. Gordon first. Because it could have just as easily been Todd, Gor- Todd Gordon going, Paul Heyman is taking money from. But the thing was, he's giving people to WCW, whereas the WWF is giving. Like you can't do that because the WWF is giving ECW television yes, time he, the, and making them their chosen developmental yeah. territory. So that's why that's why it's bad. Yeah, that's why it's bad. And also, hundred percent, Todd Gordon probably wasn't fucking aware that he was taking the money from the WWF. He was just fucking. It's also probably bad because that um, I guarantee they they also the ECW invasion. Also, Paul Heyman was right. The WWE used the ECW guys slightly better than the WWE did. Like, slightly better. Like, like, like so minusculely better. I mean... Raven was used used well, and they gave Sandman money, which is a way of using them well. But that's about it. I think just giving those dudes money, anytime you just give those guys six figures when their old deal was some pancakes to cover up your blood and some more pancakes for dinner... Like, <laughs> you're fucking. And bear winning, in mind, right? I wish the Todd Gordon deal had gone through because that meant we would have gotten New Jack as one of the No Limit soldiers, and that would have resulted in Master P just getting stabbed by someone with a tuna can lid. I think you would have just been like, <laughs> just been like, okay, you're this is you're a real, uh, real bodyguard now. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, we're gonna need bodyguards for the bodyguards. Uh, New Jack just showed Master P a photo of his kids. How much do you think, like, when Kevin Sullivan was like, All right, how about this? We hired this New Jack fella. Switch out Master P. No one will know the difference. It's like, no, Kevin, Master P's famous. But they both got the that I guarantee that Kevin Kevin Sullivan... Kevin Sullivan thought Master P was New Jack for like two weeks. All right, we're putting the belt on you. I'm Master P. Okay, whatever. Find me Booker T. Same What's thing. What's the blah, balcony dive like? What? You know. <laughs> you know. Anyway, I'm going to go yeah, kill Nancy in nine years. <laughs> oh, my God. Nice. He did it. Yeah, he did it. Listen to Patreon. Oh, yeah. Fucking dead. We really did. Oh, that episode's so fucking bleak. Um, and so Bill Alfonso gets caught in the middle and was supposedly part of the rat circle, was going to get fired. Everyone loved him. And so he really redeemed himself by having a mixed uh, mix tag match with um, Sabu and Tommy Dreamer versus Beulah McGillicuddy and him. And they have this bloody fucking crazy encounter with this Beulah ones. And the match was so intense and they couldn't move Bill Alfonso off on. They kept him on as a manager. What really happened was the wrestlers were like, fuck you, Paul. Don't lose this guy. We need him, and he's part of our character. And Paul was smart enough to recognize that his company needed him, so they fucking kept him, and that's how that fucking goes. Yeah, and then the, and then Paul sells it as, like, he gave his blood yeah, he for he sacrificed for me. Like, it, it, that's... So crazy, man. He's like as as crazy as everyone says Vince McMahon is. Like Vince McMahon is cert- is seventeen times the upstanding man yeah. that Paul Heyman is, which is so insane. It's like just the little thing earlier where they talk about how uh, forty G's to leave WCW is what they were owed, so Vince just gives them forty five, and then he paid Fonzie. And like the thing I didn't mention, sorry, when he left WWF was uh, to backtrack a bit was that. 
Although he did give Fonzie a severance check, he also, anytime the WWF would go through Florida, they would use Fonzie as a ref because the reason why they fired him is because cutting out the expense of flying Fonzie from Florida to, you know, the eastern states and to everywhere else. It was just way cheaper to get flights from Connecticut to everywhere else in the states. That's why. Like, that's why they fired him. And Vince was in that in that end was an honorable man. Like, of course, for sure. Like, Vince will, like, bro- like he'll do all the little things well just so he can, like, do one big, huge yeah, yeah, heist. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, no, I took all your ideas and shot your wife, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I bought you I, a nice steak dinner the, the catering first. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. The catering's impeccable. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like the mob, but Fonzie uh, doesn't go with WWE when Vince buys it or Vince buys ECW which would have been amazing just WCW can't smoke on TV what the fuck is this I'm going to this is a band yeah 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 and the number one thing about uh, he was blah 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 he was in TNA but who cares no one cares Here's the number one thing. This is number one thing to remember. In October 2002, in an episode we cannot find, Missy Hyatt and Bill Alfonso were on Judge Mathis. Oh, yes, please. Over a Porsche. That's the best part. Bill Alfonso had a Porsche. Alfonso damaged her Porsche and was awarded $500. Uh, Bill Alfonso had to pay Missy Hyatt $500. It's the best. Dylan, best thing about Bill Alfonso? Uh, my favorite thing about Bill Alfonso is, uh, I don't know, his promo. I'm going to say this, great. most unique refereeing style of the modern era. He's the only referee that is not derivative of Bobby the Brain Heenan. Oh, sorry, you meant manager. manager. Me. I like his referee style, too, because he didn't hit the mat very hard. If you notice, he just he goes, what, a two? But that was how they did it in the late 70s. Like, it sounds weird, but it's like you would kind of hit the mat, not very theatrically, because you're supposed to do it like a fucking amateur wrestling referee. So Bill Alfonso is like a hybrid between amateur wrestling referee and what we know as a professional wrestling referee, which is like like Jim Molino in ECW would like splash the mat every time someone covered someone and then elbow drop three times. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my like, God, of course. Uh, and worst thing about RVD is, of course... Uh, Bill Alfonso. Oh, uh, Bill Alfonso. Bill Alfonso. The worst thing about Bill Alfonso is Dylan. His face. Yeah, I'm gonna say his teeth. Bill Alfonso for sure will be at one point in his life rest, arrest, arrested for child abduction, and he'll be like, "But do it, Daddy. I'm really bad. Come on, man. I got a daughter, baby. Come on." And then they'll be like, "Look at his face. Look at your face." And he'll be like. I mean, that's a good point. <laughs> like, Jerry Lawler will probably, uh, in, like, one of the greatest heists in history, in another, in another, for, there'll be a cop, like, there's a cop staring off in the distance, and he looks at the wall, and he real, and it'll be, like, the ending of The Usual Suspects, and Vil Alfonso will already be in jail for all of Jerry Lawler's <laughs> crimes. <laughs> and like that, he's gone. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the ref. He, he just stands up pours the coffee out yeah this has been the refler review uh please subscribe to us on patreon if you want five bucks a month you get a couple free episodes the latest one we put up was another one invader and uh we have a three-part series on chris benoit that's worth your tears uh that's five bucks a month you get all that or uh there's other tiers too look into those uh, with special special fun fun rewards rate us on itunes uh give us a five-star review we'll read your name on the show and suck you off in real life and uh 
go to Twitter and Instagram. Look at our shit too. Follow us there. Follow us on Facebook at Wrestler Review, the Wrestler Review Podcast on Facebook. I'll have an album out soon. I'm gonna have a contest to name it. It's gonna be yeah, dirty. Suck your earth. Cunt, cunt, cunt. Fuck. That's what I'm gonna name it. Shit. Fuck ass. I'm gonna suck you. Fuck. Pull your dick out. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna call the album. Pull your dick out. <laughs> All right. Thanks very much. John's gonna go to sleep. I'm gonna wake up. Bye bye.